you know, we're pretty far into this and we still have no idea how to open an episode. Never. <laughs> and you know what? Well, here we are again. Here we are. It's almost spring. We're almost a full year. <sighs> Don't. It really <laughs> is almost spring. It's almost spring. I'm excited. I am too. This really does feel... Okay, New York is crazy because like <laughs> it like winter never actually comes in New York. Mm. So it actually starts to feel like spring when it's supposed to. Whereas when where I lived in Wisconsin, it was like oh. 26 degrees on May 30th. You know what I mean? It, oh, it does have like spring is coming vibes. It's so nice. Yes. It's so refreshing. Also, I'm pretty sure daylight savings time comes a lot earlier this year. Mid-March. I'm going to come out. And just say that I do not understand daylight savings time. I don't either. I don't know why we do it, but it affects so much of my mental well-being. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, are we going back? Are we going forward? This one's the good one because you get another hour of good selfie lighting. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I need that. I care about. (laughs) That's really all I care about. (laughs) (laughs) So our friend Marcy Robin just literally sent me a box of deodorants. (laughs) <laughs> I saw that. Oh my god! I'll have to share some with you because there's no way that I can use all of these up. But like, I just thought it was so funny. It made me think of when I was like a smelly kid, and I was like, "This could be potentially an insult to some people, but I welcome the deodorants." <laughs> each and every right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we were talking about the different deodorant scents that are coming out now, the unique mm-hmm. kind of scents, and how some of them just inherently will make you smellier or like smell like BO. One of which being lemongrass, which really I feel like synthetic lemongrass always ends up smelling like cat piss to me. So I'm like, don't put Ew. it in the deodorant. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. And sometimes sandalwood. It like enhances the BO sometimes. I yeah, really do like each and every though. I was like standing them before the Kosas dropped their mm. Dio and now that's all I wear. But like I love the, the only thing one. I didn't like oh my god, same. The only thing I didn't like about each and every is like it's a really creamy formula, so it you like burn through it really fast. Oh. And I don't like for that. as quick as you use it, it's a little pricey. I'm like mm. Mm, Maybe you're know. using too much. I'm not using to, I'm not a girl stable <laughs> and I don't like to like even negotiate that part of my day. It's on, it's like, give this to me, get it on, put a shirt on. We're done. Actually, I never wear shirts because I work. You apply deodorant the um, way people should apply sunscreen, which is more than you think. <laughs> yes. How is this always a deodorant podcast? You know how I feel about this. We always do this. It's always a body. My friends texted me today, actually. And they were like, oh my God, we listened to smell you later on the way back to Madison. I was like, okay, great. And they were like, yeah, we love the whole like body odor segment. And I was like, you're going to have to be more specific because <laughs> which one for being, yeah. Which one for being a uh, podcast about fragrance. All we talk about is BL, which I hate. Anyway, you know what Marcy <laughs> sent me? She sent you deodorants. She sent me the Lady Gaga Chromatica Oreos. We are not the same. We are not the same. I'm not putting oh, those on my armpits. Th- she sent me three sleeves of them are not even sleeves boxes wow curtains. oh my god there's i'm just like I, are you are you eating them or are you collecting them i'm eating them i'm eating okay. them i kind of wish i wasn't because they're just like the white oreos they're mm. the caucasian oreos but there's <laughs> so much dye in them that they taste different people keep saying they taste like play-doh yeah and i was like i know what you mean 
oh, it's like a cracker. Yeah. yeah. And it, it does taste like Play-Doh. I feel like they put like a vanilla extract or something in artificially colored yeah. foods. I don't know why if they're trying to mask the actual flavor of the chemical, but yeah. I don't hate it. Everything that's artificially colored to me in my brain tastes like Funfetti cake. Oh my God. True. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I smell something, but I think it's just me. Oh, okay. it's this. It's the new Mugler. <gasps> I really I like-, like it. And I really, really like the way it dries down, which is completely different than the way it smells when it opens. Opposites. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And you know what it smells like when it opens, Sable? I'm going to tell you. Tell me. I was going to text you this, but it seemed too combative, so I didn't. <laughs> it smells just like Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. <gasps> when, you, when you first spray it. When you first spray okay. it. Okay. I've never smelled Thank You Next, but mm-hmm. I believe you, obviously. And I can see it in my brain. Yeah. When I smelled, when I just gave the yeah. atomizer a little whiff, I was like, this smells identical. Then I sprayed it on. I was like, this is the same thing. But then you're right. It smells down. Yeah. down. Dries down, completely different scent. It starts off really like raspberry juicy. And then by the end of it, it's like cedar somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, wait. You know what I also think though? What? And I've never said this. Oh? I think that Thank You Next smells <gasps> like Santal 33. What? With a red berry note in it. I know. I know. I also like don't think that anymore, but I thought that for a really long time. I think it's got this woody, dry base that Mm -hmm. that really does pull through, but it is so juicy as well that it smells nothing like Santal 33. Um, I just have to talk shit about that every episode. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get it in there somehow. Gotta get it in. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. kidding. Um, (laughs) Tynan, what do you smell like today? Okay. I'm actually really excited about what I smell like today because I thought I would hate it and I don't. I also thought I would hate the entire concept and I don't. Okay, so I'm, this is very Sable Young of me, but I'm wearing (laughs) two scents at the same time. That is very Sable Young. (laughs) I am wearing two scents by Mix Bar. It is a new brand carried in Target Mm -hmm. and it's a fragrance brand made to be layered. And Mm -hmm. they have seven scents. I know, I know. (laughs) made to be layered or worn alone i'm sorry but like right i mean it's called mix bar so there it is they have seven cents and three different components they have 1.7 ounce like normal bottle that you would think of a you know a perfume they have a brush on scent it comes in a little like pen situation that's uh 0.14 ounces so it's very small and then they have a hair and body mist so they were nice enough to send me all of the perfumes and I was curious about them, but not expecting a whole ton, not because they're affordable. They're very affordable at $23.49 for the main component. I just, I, you know, I just don't like things that are meant to be layered. I, and especially like at this affordable price point meant to be layered, I thought they'd be like really light and mm. one note and sort of like knock off Joe Malone, no shade. They're all really nice. I think I've worn my way through all of them. Let me run you through the scents quick. Okay. Sorry, this is like a presentation. They have one called Cloud Musk, and they'll be hearing from my lawyers. Mm. They have one <laughs> called Coconut <laughs> Coconut Palm, which I really like. They have Vanilla Bourbon, Wood Elixir, Glass Rose, the only one I've not worn, Tangerine Squeeze, and Blackberry Tonic. I'm wearing Tangerine Squeeze and Blackberry Tonic today. They're 
both just really nice. Uh, Tangerine Squeeze is really fruity, extremely juicy, pretty sweet. It smells like a, a summer tropical cocktail, but in like a nice way and not a, I don't want to say Bath and Body Works way, but not, <laughs> you know, not a disgustingly yeah. sweet way. Yeah, yeah. Blackberry Tonic is a really woody, dark blackberry. They're both really lovely. I would, I, I would probably reach for Tangerine Squeeze again before I would wear the Blackberry one again. My favorites so far are Vanilla Bourbon and Wood Elixir. I think some of these, specifically the two Vanilla Bourbon and Wood that I just mentioned, are sort of dupe vibes mm. of maybe a Tom Ford situation. I don't know. Ooh, I can't say that in my mind. I don't. I know. <laughs> I know, I know. The bottles themselves are like really beautiful as well. They all come in a, in a frosted glass component with like a rose gold cap and each of the glass changes colors to like fit the fragrance, whatever. I don't know. I just like, I think they're great. I think they're fantastic one alone. I Do they last long? I would assume. Yeah. So uh, the wear is a little inconsistent in that mm-hmm. like you spray it on it's pretty strong and you're like whoa and then a couple hours later it sort of wears down pretty fast and in the end it's definitely still there it just wears really close to your skin which i don't mind i really Mm -hmm. like the end wear i would say more than the beginning i'm glad it fades down but it is you do sort of get that like big cloud of scent you're like oh shit and then maybe two hours later it, it wears really nicely. I think at the beginning, it might be a little too strong for some. And I think at the end, it may be a little too weak for some. I love how it ends up wearing though. So I think that is probably my biggest critique is like, it sort of takes you on a roller coaster of sillage. It's fantastic. I think in all of the sense too, they're not one note. They're pretty dynamic. They're pretty layered. But to give you a really quick idea, the product page gives you inspired by mm. and for example, the tangerine one is inspired by a refreshing summer drink. Great. And then it just gives you notes of clementine, pink grapefruit, frangipani, honeysuckle, and vetiver. That's all it really gives you. It's probably all you really need. I would definitely buy one of these with my own coin at Target and then has not hesitate to buy another one on my next trip to Target. I don't know. I just think they're like really lovely. I know a lot of people like to layer their scents. So I like that they're, they've taken that into account. I like that you don't have to layer them if you don't want to. I personally would probably not. I don't know. I think they're affordable. I think they're accessible. I'm really happy with them. And I'm excited to see what other people think of them. Sorry that took me 20 minutes to get through. (laughs) I feel like so many more mass retailers are like upping their fragrance inventory in general. And I'm wondering who's telling them to do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, like, you know, when you love fragrance, obviously you always see it, but you know, I don't know. I'm just like wondering, I'm like, wait, do people care about fragrance now? Like on a mass scale that way to the point where they're making, they're actually like putting in a lot more effort into drugstore, you know, quote unquote drugstore or mass retailer sense and making them so much more elevated. Yeah. I mean, I think that they do because I think it's really nice to go to Target on a Friday night before you're going out and like, (laughs) you know, your shaving cream and your band-aids and then see a selection of scents, you know, that you don't have to, one, spend 60 to $80 on, and two, don't have to go to a mall or a department mm. store that, you know, you may not even have in your area. I think it's just sort of convenience. And you know what I noticed is, like, the last time I was in the Midwest at an actual Midwest Target, not these, like, satanic New York Targets, they have a beauty and grooming section that they're sort of trying to make, like, a m- more experiential. I noticed that 
men's scents specifically, there's a lot of brands that have like a trio of scents or four scents or whatever, just sort of hanging out on the shelves that you can pick from. So I feel like right now, depending on what target you go to, there are more men's scent options Mm -hmm. than there are for women. But I think to your point, these sort of big box stores are going to have more fragrance options for their consumers. And I think that's great. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because they're probably one of the only kinds of retailers who can afford to take on this kind of middle ground mm-hmm. because it's true. Like one of the big barriers to getting into fragrance or send is the price point because you're probably going to drop baseline at like 60 bucks on a fragrance. That's like, you know, like a mass fragrance, but all of the other cheaper options are like Bonnie splash or, you know, right. some sort of weird aerosol situation. So right. make an elevated fragrance at the price and bam capitalism <laughs> yeah i don't know these are these are great i mean like i love the sense they're super beautiful i like okay let me say i the carton like the packaging is hideous <laughs> i pulled them out of the box and i was like this is ugly and then <laughs> i pulled the the bottle out and i was like how did this happen like this is beautiful i don't know it just feels it feels luxury and it should yeah. i mean you can get you know nice things at an affordable price point so Sable, what do you smell like today? God, on the complete opposite spectrum of you. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I smell like Ex Nihilo, Honoré Delights. Okay, so Ex Nihilo is a luxury niche artisanal French fragrance brand. They launched not too long ago, just a couple years ago. I want to say like... Are they, are they new? Like 2015, 2016? Oh, damn, I thought they were way older than that. Oh, okay. no, 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 no. They're like post-millennial for sure. Oh, cool. um, okay. But they are very fancy and very French. And uh, they sent me their newest fragrance, Honoré Delights, which is their first gourmand. And mm. I feel like for a gourmand, it's not gourmandy at all, like not in the traditional sense. They wanted to make a fragrance that was in kind of a nod to the Parisian cafe. So the smell of like fresh baked croissants, coffee, kind of intermingling with like that Parisian autumn air kind of vibe. Yeah. Is this the one that I smelled at your place? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah. God. I love this one. Yeah. I love this. It I have, is. Yo, Hilo, call <laughs> me. It is so good. I'll hook you guys up for sure. Um, oh. They're very sweet. Uh, I spoke with the perfumer a while ago via like a Zoom press thingy, um, Benoit. He's like this very young, hot French perfumer. Um, he's like the cool French perfumer who wears like a leather jacket. And he's just like going on and on about all of these like crazy fragrance concepts. And I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But Honoré Delights is, I see what they were going for with the sense of gourmand. I guess like they kind of envisioned it being on this like very elegant Parisian woman who is like the classic French woman, which, you know, in the sense of beauty, you, you probably know what that looks like. But that's like that's like the American, like the American version of French girl beauty is like very singular. But like the French version of French girl beauty is a little bit more diverse or it's like more of like an attitude and a lifestyle. And I think that's what they're trying to capture with this fragrance. If I wanted to boil it down in my brain, it's like a warm, musky, woody floral. It's more musky and woody than it is gourmand, but there is a sweetness to it that keeps it from getting too sharp or too cold. 
So it like frosting. Really? I didn't get yeah, that but, at but all. I haven't worn it and I don't think I smelled it on your skin. I think I smelled oh, okay. it like from the bottle. I feel like it's like a it it is like a the gourmand version of like a businesswoman's perfume. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> like yeah, it makes yeah. me feel very bossy and very put together, but totally. there's still like a warm sweetness to it that keeps it light and like it doesn't take itself too seriously. I but I love that. Song. Yeah, but I'm I feel very that. elegant when I wear it. Oh, it's so good. Also, their bottles, they all their bottles look the same. They're it's kind of like a like a, a rectangle. Um mm-hmm. a QB rectangle, but their spritzers, their atomizers are like some of the finest atomizers that I've experienced. Mm-hmm. So when it puffs out, it's truly like a a fine fine mist that you can just like it like I swear to God, it just like hovers in the air where you spray it. It's that light. But I like that because I feel like a lot of atomizers, when you spray it, there's always like that center stream that just like drenches the area. But this one really just like coats wherever you spray it in like an even fine mist. And I feel like it makes the scent stay on my skin longer in a weird way. Yeah. Because like these are all of their scents. I have a bunch of them and like I can smell them on myself all day. Mm. So... I mean, they are pretty pricey. So the 1.7 ounce, the small bottle is 225. The big bottle, 100 milliliters, is 260 euros. The smaller bottle, the 50 milliliters, is 180 euros. So she ain't cheap, but no, it it's so good. It lasts all day, and it's they're just very unique scents. And I think this one particularly is very unique, and I love it. Ugh, That's what it I smell like. So it is so so good. I actually ended up wearing like I'm wearing this like white button down work shirt that I never wear just because I'm like, yeah. this perfume needs a real shirt with buttons. <laughs> I love that. You look so hot. I love that. <laughs> Wait, can we talk about atomizers really quickly? Yeah. Because this is just a rant. I'm going to cut this out. Like, you yeah. know, in a face mist, number one, uh-huh. I, I think like most face mists are a scam, but like, I, <laughs> it's like, my problem is that I really, I have one that I really like, but like it shoots out too far, like in a circle. <laughs> so it doesn't get your face. your face. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I'll be spraying yes. it and I feel it hit my hairline and my yep. clavicle. I'm like, this yep. is not a perimeter mist. Yeah. It's a face mist. Mm-hmm. And there was like three that do that and just pisses me the fuck off. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to sell face mist, invest in a good atomizer. Like a cheap atomizer yeah. will ruin that product. Yeah. or if it's like too wet i don't like that either i don't mind if it's too wet if it's a setting spray Mm. honestly i think setting sprays have more intricate atomizers because they're thinking about the delivery system Mm -hmm. so they're just better like a face mist they're just like okay and now you're damp we did our job (laughs) (laughs) there you go got a little wet wet there (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of rose water. Speaking of rose water. Our guest, who loves the scent of rose, so she has told us, is a first of its kind on Smelly Later, the only podcast about scent and smells that we know of. (laughs) Yeah. I was just listening to her music before we recorded. It's Haley Kyoko. Haley Kyoko. I'm so excited. Haley Kyoko is a singer songwriter. She has been in the game for a while now. She's a pop yeah. girl. Yeah. She's a pop girl. She's a pop Her girl. Her music is 
super diverse. It's mm-hmm. super fun. It's super queer. We love it. She is releasing a fragrance as we speak called Hue. You may have seen it. Uh, she had a Vogue exclusive a week or two back about it, which is a major deal. And so is this fragrance. We were excited about the opportunity to have Haley on the show today because aside from thinking she's cool as fuck, we have never had the celebrity who has made the celebrity fragrance mm-hmm. on the show. So we thought it was a really exciting and really unique opportunity. We also have the perfumer who helped her create the scent. His name is Bart Schmidt to add his side of the story. So yeah, let's just get into it. Haley and Bart. Yeah. Was that, was that all right? That was good. Yeah. All right. I'm Haley Kyoko. I'm an artist and I just created my first fragrance. I'm so excited to chat with you all about it. We are excited too. Hell yeah. So hi, my name is Bart Schmidt and I'm a fragrance agent and a beauty matchmaker. And I work with Haley and the team over at Slate Brands as their project manager to bring this whole project alive. That's amazing. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Bart, can you tell us about Haley, I have so many questions for you, but, but Bart, <laughs> that title is pretty cool. Do you want to tell us about that? <laughs> beauty matchmaker. Uh, yeah, beauty matchmaker. Originally, I come from the fragrance side of the industry. I used to work with uh, a couple of the fragrance houses. I was with Simrise in the beginning, then at Firmanish. And I actually, I listened to you guys last episode with uh, Roderico over Givenaught. <laughs> He's another dear friend of mine. We love him. Um, <laughs> so uh, about seven years ago, I started to work for myself because there were a lot of companies that wanted to produce and uh, develop their own beauty lines, their own fragrance lines, but they don't always know where to go. So basically what I do, I bring all the resources to the table uh, that can be from a brand, from a design perspective, the components to help with the fragrance development, bring the perfumers to the table, to the production, so everything from A to Z, and I do that for different companies. Uh, I work very closely also with uh, the Warner Music Group, and that's how I got to uh, work with Haley, fortunately, and bring this whole uh, project together. So if we want to make a fragrance, <laughs> you're the guy. <laughs> y- yes, one of them, absolutely. Sick. Haley, how did Hugh come about? Well, first of all, I'm like so impressed with Bart's <laughs> just like background and everything. Hugh came about in many different ways. I partnered with Slate Brands many years ago, and we spoke about what I would want to do in the beauty space if I had that opportunity. And fragrance was always my number one and my goal because I've had such a special and unique relationship with fragrance. So I started developing it two years ago. And like Bart said, he has been such a champion with my vision and my art and has been so passionate about just like my music and my message and helping me kind of assemble the right team to create this product. So it's been from designing the bottle to designing the cap. I've been, you know, working on this, this fragrance for a couple of years now. Oh, and to be honest with you at working with Haley was not only a pleasure, but she had such a vision on everything that she wanted. She made, our job so much easier. I mean, she brought her own artist to the table. Uh, she knew exactly what she wanted uh, from the fragrance and from the perfume development perspective. Of course, because of the pandemic, you know, we were working a lot remotely. Everybody was sample, standing samples across the country and to wherever we were and smelling together over Zoom and over different calls. 
I have everybody uh, from the team, from Slate Brands to the perfumer who we work with uh, very closely, uh, Constance uh, George Picot over at Cosmo Fragrances, who created the fragrance uh, for Haley. I mean, it was really a team effort. Uh, you know, it takes a village, they say, but this was really a family effort. But Haley knew all along what she really wanted out of this project. That's, that's so that's cool. So cool. Haley, you mentioned your love of fragrance just now and how important it is to you um, throughout your life. Can you go into that a little bit? Sure. Growing up being gay or knowing that I was gay since I was five, I think I really struggled with just self-love and validation because I think my romantic life didn't start till way later on in my life. And so during my preteens and teens, you know, I wasn't getting a lot of validation or experiences. And so fragrance for me was that armor and that courage and that bravery that I needed every day to get out of bed, to go to school, to put my brave cap on and essentially be rejected many times over and over again. And so I have had always a very special relationship with fragrance because it's created a safe place for me a lot like music there's very we can talk more about it but there's so many parallels to it but you know fragrance captures memory it captures emotion it's you know for me driving to the trees luckily i'm live in california and i drive up the coast and taking in fresh air and smelling roses and like those are things that calm me and make me feel comforted. And that's a lot what a fragrance can do and, and be. Wow. That, that's such a great story. I never thought about it like that, sort of like as a queer person growing up, how it can be like your own sense of validation. Yeah. I feel like music and fragrance are kind of this sort of experiential way to self-express. I'm surprised that more people in music like haven't gotten into fragrance. Yeah, it's amazing. And and like I said, it's it is very parallel. I mean, you you mm. go into a studio, right? And you're like, I want to write a song that makes you feel happy, or I want to write a song that makes you feel sad. And you put these chords together, and sometimes it doesn't make you feel sad, and sometimes it makes you feel some Something complete opposite and if you're working towards something you have to figure out how to readjust the chords and the order and the structure to make you feel the way you want to feel and the same thing goes with the development with Hugh was like hey like I want this perfume to feel safe I want it to feel fresh I want it to feel supportive like I had all of these boxes I wanted to check but there is no equation to create it. You have to experience it. You have to rearrange it. And yeah, it was a really, really awesome experience. Very tedious experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and again, I mean, we had talked about this with Haley as well. I mean, the fact that you have all the chords that we use in fragrance, it's, it's very similar when it comes to the different notes that you use, the top notes, the middle notes. I mean, there's such a, a correlation between fragrance and, and you know, perfume construction as well as music, that it makes total sense for, you know, for musicians and for artists, you know, in, in a general sense to get involved with this type of perfume development. I could totally see that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Haley, it strikes me that uh, when you are describing the fragrance, you're using a lot of emotional words. 
And I just find that so interesting because of course, you know, fragrance is an emotional thing, but it's also a product, but I like that you sort of default to how it feels and what it means to you. How did you, I know this can be very abstract, but like, how did you get there when you were developing the fragrance? Like, did you have notes or other fragrances that made you feel a certain way and you wanted to bring that into your scent? Like, like how does a fragrance make you feel safe or supported? Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I'm like, it's weird because I'm, I'm a realist artist, but I'm also very abstract and because I, I do think in emotions, like, you know, even with music or music videos, I'm like, I want these certain colors because they make me feel like this. Like, it's always attached to emotion. And, you know, maybe that's why people resonate and connect with my music is because I have that attachment and that red thread throughout what I do with my art. But to answer your question, (laughs) it's a great question. For me, what makes me feel safe and supported? Well, first of all, women make me feel safe and supported. And when I think of women, I think of beauty. And then when I think of beauty, I think of flowers and fruit. And like, so it's just kind of like these layers of emotions that lead me to a visual. So like fruit and floral um, notes have always like I I always talk about the girls I had crushes on in middle school that were <laughs> essences like herbal essences like you could <laughs> from yes. like forty feet away yes and yep. it was like you didn't even have to look at them you just knew <laughs> that they were gorgeous you know yeah <laughs> that was like the hot girl scent yeah it was the hot girl scent. <laughs> I wanted to be a hot girl and also I wanted to be with the hot girl, you know, it was very conflicting. Um, So that definitely made a huge imprint and impact on me. And then um, when I think of like comfort, I love like musk and I love like, it's kind of like the hipster thing now in California. It's like all of now, like the hot girl smell is like almost a smell dirty kind of, or like you haven't showered. It has that. Oh like, yeah. It's reached us too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in New York, right? Yeah. And yeah. You can smell that for a mile away. So I wanted to combine those two scents because those, you know, I wanted to combine those feelings. And I think for me too, which we can go into, which I'll discuss, like we talked about making a gender inclusive fragrance and people are like, why are you using that wording? I'm like, well, two things. One, perfumes are normally marketed to a certain gender. So it's like cologne, like for men or for women. And I wanted to make a perfume that was for all. And on top of that, when I I don't know why, but for some reason, there's also a stereotype within like fruity and floral. Like you think fruity floral, you think feminine as opposed to fruity floral masculine. And it's like, why does it have to be either or? It should just be like for all. And so I wanted to create a perfume that had both. And I'm masculine and I'm feminine. Sometimes I'm more masculine. Sometimes I'm more feminine. And You know, if you feel masculine, you should feel beautiful wearing fruity and floral notes as well and vice versa. And so I think I have a major like complex with boxes and labels and we all are on this massive spectrum and this part of this massive rainbow and one size does not fit all. And that was the whole thought process behind creating this perfume. 
I'm wearing it right now, and it really wears beautiful, both on men and women. I can tell you that. I mean, it's to your point. I mean, there is there's rose notes and there's floral notes in there, but you know, because of musk, it really reacts very different on everybody's skin. For me, it becomes a little bit darker. I would say where you wear it on women's skin, and it's almost a little bit more skin-like and a little bit lighter, and it just wears perfectly. But you know, the other thing that's really unique about this fragrance, as you know. A lot of times when it comes to like big celebrity scents and, you know, done by the big fragrance uh, beauty houses is they test it and they consumer test it so much that, you know, it almost becomes you take a little bit the edge away. So a lot of these fragrances, unfortunately, they become, you know, a little bit same as because they consumer test it so much. It's, it really is not the unique personality of who's behind it anymore. And with Haley, I mean, we really went completely on her intuition, completely with the notes and the fragrances that she wanted to bring out in that particular, in you and the fragrance. And that's what also makes it so much more unique, you know, so no mm -hmm. consumer test, just really her intuition. And, you know, which makes the fragrance maybe a little bit more, quote unquote, polarizing, <laughs> that you're going to have people that, you know, either love it or hate it. But, you know, we think it's, it's, it's a beautiful product and we think that, more people will absolutely love it than hate it. We love discussing the the differences between commercial or like celebrity driven fragrance versus niche and artisanal fragrances. And I feel like there's such a huge mystery, especially when it comes to scents that are surrounded by a public figure or a celebrity, like how involved they actually are. And you actually decided all of the notes and everything that goes into it. Did you always know that this is the fragrance you wanted to make? Or did you come up with the idea as you had the opportunity? I think that's a great question. I think with art, like you go in wanting one thing and then you have to be open for it to evolve. I had a vision, obviously, of, of and I knew who I was and what I wanted and I wanted to kind of create a bottle that represented who I was and what I love. But, you know, it's a tedious process. I, I, <laughs> I don't think people really understand, unless you're in the beauty space, how much work. I mean, spending months and months and months, like, finalizing the bottle and how it was cut and the curves of the bottle and the weight of the <laughs> bottle and how it fits in the hand and how it fits in it. like and so like that to me the bottle was like the massive mountain and then everything slowly started to get put together but it was interesting I you know a great example is I went into this being like I want a nude perfume like I just want it nude it'll look really nice on my bedside table like I just want nude like that's the vibe and last minute like right before production i had this dream and i was like it needs to be bright red <laughs> i called i called bart and everyone i was like it needs to be bright red matte like it that's what it needs to be and immediately we pivoted and i'm so happy with the bottle and the visual for it but you know that's what's fun about art is you have an idea of something and then as you're creating it, you leave space for it to kind of evolve and shift as you're kind of figuring it out yourself. And that's kind of how I approach my music videos when I'm directing my videos as well. It's like I have a treatment. I have very specific ideas of what I want. Like the core foundation never changes. 
But you know what? The location might change. The actors might change. The weather might change. You know, there's certain things that you have to adapt to. And that's part of the creating process, which is like awesome. That's so fascinating. I love the story about the dream and how, because I was wondering about the bottle too. You don't see many, one, matte bottles of fragrance, two, bright red. And I just, I, that's so cool that it came to you in a dream. How did you know like to, to chase that and pivot? Because I know also in beauty last minute pivots are not easy to do. Yeah, it's, everyone was mad at me. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I grew up like after we had like launched the pre-order my team had messaged and was like i'm so glad we did the red bottle <laughs> and they, were, they were like i'm so glad we did it you know it's hard to follow your intuition and also your gut because like i think for me i just had this moment where i was really connecting i connect to color and i was connecting to red and i was like red is bold it's passionate but it's also volatile and vulnerable and like when you're courageous and when you're brave, that's when you're the most vulnerable. And I felt like that really tied in with the message and the theme of just what I wanted to accomplish with this fragrance was creating an armor for my fans. And at those pivotal moments, having that extra support that you need when you can't be with someone, you know, physically or right in front of someone or if you're about to go on a zoom and you need to it's like you know we're living in such a different time so beauty and self-care has become the relationship has evolved I feel like for many people definitely yeah did you have other people in mind like aside from yourself like when you were creating the fragrance or the ideas for it I think for me, I just, I wanted to create something that everyone would love, but also that was very bold. And I think that, I don't know, I, I think that kind of crosses over with my music and my music videos. I mean, I look at many of my music videos, which are now like accepted, which many people would not premiere or support at the time because it was too gay or it was too quote unquote promiscuous or whatever the words they like to choose and those were some of my favorite moments i kind of just went with my gut on this honestly i didn't really have a a plan or kind of like an equation of like oh i'm going to create a perfume for this demographic or these people like this certain thing and again like everyone is unique and everyone is different and everyone likes different shades of different things. And so I really was just thinking about my fans, honestly, and thinking about how I can't be there for them physically. They can't have concerts. They can't, you know, it's, it's people ask like, why are you releasing it now? It's like, well, I don't know what our future holds, but I want to be able to support the people who've been able to support me during this challenging time and, you know, be able to give them that virtual hug I think the virtual hug is, is is the great expression for that fragrance as well. Again, I mean, it's you know, mm-hmm. it's so skin friendly, and and to your point too, is like you know, it, it really not only blurs the lines of gender, but it also blurs the lines of you know what is to your point more prestige or what is more mass or what is more indie or what is more niche. It really blurs those lines perfectly. Yeah, for sure. Haley, can you tell us about the the name Hugh, where that came from, and maybe what it means? To the fragrance, I mean, I know what Hugh means, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 
I'm so glad I chose Hugh. I had I have this. I'm looking at my whiteboard right now, and I had like a list of of names and ideas. And it is so. First of all, naming your album is terrifying, but naming <laughs> a fragrance is even more terrifying. So, but I landed on Hugh because number one, like we've talked about, color is a massive thing for me, and number two. I've never fit in the box. And, you know, I think of people as colors, right? So like, you might feel like I might feel like I'm purple, but I'm not purple. I'm like lavender. Or I'm like, there's like so many different shades and ways to describe who you are. And there's so many layers and there's so much depth to everyone. And I wanted to create a fragrance that you know, enhanced someone as opposed to like wore them, like they wear this mm. perfume. And I wanted to create something that helped them embrace who they were. And so Hugh, I was thinking of shades. I was thinking of spectrum. I was thinking of rainbows, like, but I don't want a rainbow. And then I landed, I landed on Hugh. I love, love the name. I did too. I also yeah. love just like monosyllab- monosyllabic fragrance names, I think are always like a hit. <laughs> Yay. I love that. And I like that it starts with H and so does your name. Like, yeah, I did like that. I yeah. bet, honestly, that was like the thing. It was, it was, it was that or no, I don't even remember the last name because I'm so addicted to Hugh. But I was also like, oh, the H and H is nice too, which I really that makes like. sense. It's meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, can you talk a little bit about sort of like the interplay between music and, fra- and fragrance and how your music may have informed you? Yeah, creating music. You don't really know where you're going with it. I've been working on my album for some time and you have a vision of your destination, but you have no idea how you're going to get there. Right. And so it's, it's very similar to the fragrance process. It's like you come in with these big, bold ideas and these sketches and what, you know, it's sketch out the, 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 the plate and what it's going to look like. And then, but how do you get there? And it takes a village, it takes a team and it takes a team that sees that vision and that supports it. And same goes with music. I think the main thing in life is that like, it's really important to surround yourself with like-minded people, but also people that are positive and that challenge you in a good way. And I think creating a good team and support system is our end goal. Like my goal in life is to have a great support system. And like, if I have the right people or chosen family or the right friends, like I can get through anything. And that's kind of like the same with music. You know, music is very challenging, very extreme highs, extreme lows, you know, but if you have the right team, I think for me, I'm just, I'm always looking to, to find those people and to build, build that community. And I think too, just with my journey and my career, that's what the, my fans have been able to give me is a community. I didn't have that community growing up. I couldn't find that community growing up or I couldn't see that community. And so I think we all just want to belong in, in a certain sense. I think you're also, as a queer artist, helping to create the community that wasn't there for us when mm-hmm. we were growing up too. And I think that's also very important. Oh, thank yes. you. I'm realizing that talking about this fragrance that is super new, we've barely touched on like sort of the fragrance itself. And since <laughs> it is so new and it's probably not in a lot of people's hands, do you want to just tell us about it real quick? Just give us the rundown of what it smells like because I'm very yeah. curious. 
Yeah, I would love to. And then Bart, you can come in and you know spruce it up if you'd like. So when you spray hue, you're introduced with blood orange, freesia, and then the heart of hue is a rose craftivity, which is like the, the purest form of a rose. And then it kind of dries down to a musk and a cacao, which is really cool. And, and like Bart said earlier, the musk, it really just, it's different on everyone. I mean, I've tried it on many of my friends and like the introduction is, is similar, but the way it, you wear hue, it just settles different on everyone and it kind of enhances you. And that kind of wasn't planned, but now we look at it and it's like, wow, this is, this was meant to be. And this was perfect. Obviously there's more notes than that, but that's kind of like the, the broad strokes of the perfume. Yeah, and again, you know, the, the, this tie-in with the music, if you think about the top note, you know, which besides the, the blood orange and the freesia, there's even a, a little bit of a, a watermelon note in there on the top to give you an aquatic, like, intro, watery, fruity feel. You know, it really works as the intro of the fragrance or an intro of the song. Then you get the middle notes or the heart, you know, which, uh, to Haley's point, the rose craftivity which is a special way of actually extracting this, this rose oil. They're not using any heat. And to Haley's point, it's really the truest form of the rose, like smelling a fresh rose early in the morning. It's kind of like you think of it as the chorus. And then the bottom note or the bass notes is, are, is really the outro of the, of the song. And that just lasts and lingers on skin. And beside the musk, like Haley mentioned, they have the cacao blanc. Again, it's a craftivity and it's a, a cacao that comes from Peru that was very sustainably uh, harvested. And they made this beautiful, beautiful cacao, warm, dark, and a little intense note. And it just perfectly blends with the musk in the bass and the outro of the song. I feel like a good, a good heart in a fragrance is kind of like a really good bridge in a song. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it brings yeah. everything together. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. It's a little unexpected, like, pivot. I'm obsessed with any, like, cacao note, and Same. especially in the base of fragrances. A few, a few of my favorites have that, like, at, at the base, and they always, that always jumps out to me. I just feel like it's so underused, so I'm very that. excited. I can't wait for you to, to get to experience it. I know. Same. <laughs> I'm very excited. Can you talk about a, a little about just any fragrances that were formative to you in your life growing up? Uh, they can be, you know, perfumes as we think of them, or they can just be like, I don't know, the smell of coffee in your morning that your parents are making, or just things that were really important to you and whether or not they found themselves in the fragrance that you created. Yeah. I mean, I love nature. Um, I love any form of like plant, flower, like anything from the ground. Like I'm just like obsessed with nature and it just is so healing on so many different levels. It's funny. I don't really have great memories with flowers because my mom was a horrible gardener and <laughs> she would make me help her plant like bulbs, you know, like those little bulbs, mm, like, yeah. like, like you're starting from scratch. And I, I would plant like 300 and, on the ground and they would never grow. <laughs> and, but we would walk the neighborhood and her, our neighbors had gorgeous flowers and gorgeous roses. And side note, my mom would always steal some. But those were my memories of f florals. And I think um, 
I love food. <laughs> Honestly, <Same. laughs> I just I like wake up and I go, what am I going to eat? And then as I go to sleep, I think about what I'm going to eat the next day. So, but I love I love fruit. I love dark chocolate. It's weird as we're talking about this, I'm realizing there's so many notes that have been a part of my life. I think that maybe subconsciously I'm searching for those notes, you know, and that, that, like you said, going back to the comfort in trying to compile that comfort, the, those moments of security. And yeah, I love watermelon too. And there's a hint of watermelon. Oh, and there's lychee in it as well in the heart love lychee i mean i just i dream of going to like hawaii and just like eating exotic fruits etc like that's my dream so i'm really glad lychee made the cut (laughs) (laughs) this sounds so awesome and can you a little bit you already sort of talked about it like uh, how the fragrance is for any gender and you wanted to create like a safe place with the feeling of your fragrance but can you talk about your identity like as a queer person and how it may have played into your decision to create the fragrance just as an idea instead of over, you know, makeup or skincare or hair? Yeah, I mean, I think my experience loving women from the moment I was born and having to fear all of the adversity and and kind of the challenges that were in front of me and I knew was going to be my future, I think was, was hard. And I think I speak about this often, but, you know, being gay has been my greatest strength, but it's also been a massive, massive weakness or insecurity or something that's really held me back. And I think that many people can relate to that because it's, you know, some Yes, we have enemies, but sometimes you are your biggest enemy, truly. And there's so much judgment and weight that you put on yourself that you have to free before you can even begin to deal with the rest of the world or family or what everyone's going to say. And there's just so many coming out moments. And, you know, the process is just like it's never ending. And so... I don't really know where I was going with that, but that's kind of just been my um, my experience is that it's just been hard. And honestly, it's just being queer or, you know, just being different in general is freaking hard. And I think my goal in life is just to make it easier for people. It's not, I can't make you know, people's problems or worries go away entirely, but I can definitely help. And I think that that is my purpose. I know that's my purpose. And I'm going to try to do it in as many mediums as possible and try to normalize that as much as I can. I can't imagine that being queer made your career as a recording artist any easier. It's just like not easy. Can you talk about how your queer identity may have presented any obstacles to your music or your visuals or anything. Yeah, I think I think any artist can tell you no matter what stage you're at, it's always hard to create, you know, and to get art out there. From my experience being queer, it's been very difficult and it continues to be difficult. You know, you prove yourself and then you have to continue to prove yourself. And then it's like you're constantly having to prove your worth and your value. And 
being equal. And I think that that's a driving force in my work. And it's something that just comes with the territory. It's just a part of it. You know, you're, you're having to explain yourself, which you shouldn't have to explain yourself, but you have to anyways, or, you know, with every video, I mean, you could have a podcast just about all the, the crazy experiences with my videos. Every video has hit a massive wall or some form of massive judgment. I've had many brands, I'm not going to name them who, you know, they see the treatment and they're like, sure, we support, you know, the queer community. And then you shoot the video and they're like, it's a little, it's too much for us. We're going to pull out and then you lose all of your money. And then you have to figure out how you're going to pay for that. Things like that, you know, where I don't think people really realize it's like getting an actual product and like a proof of concept out there is the win whether whether it charts or whether it gets views like just getting it out there is the win and that's how my whole career has really been and it's it still goes that way and again i'm trying to make it easier for others because i know that if i can do it it'll prove to other people that they can get through it as well and it's right. not going to be easy but you know life isn't easy no matter what career path you choose you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I always think that music and fragrance have so much more in common than people originally think. But beauty and music in a weird way, because to me, at least, like beauty is a tool for self expression and for forming your identity. And then in the fragrance sector, like you were saying, how you shouldn't have to explain yourself, fragrance is kind of like helping you explain yourself in an experiential realm. Mm-hmm. And in an unspoken way. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Which is funny because music is auditory, but I don't know if anyone's really done it before, but do you think that there's a missing space where beauty and music or music and fragrance can coexist in like, I don't know, like a really innovative way? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I wish we could like smell through the computer. I know that'd be kind of weird. Like, I'm like, (laughs) why have we not been able to achieve scratch and sniff? But we have like, (laughs) you know, spaceships, etc. <laughs> I feel like Samsung's working on it. <laughs> yeah. Did you, when you um, were growing up, did you have any artists that you looked up to and tried to model yourself after? Because I know, not to say that there were not any queer artists, there have always been queer artists, but I know that when I was growing up, the music scene is now so much more openly queer than it was Mm. and I know that we're around the same age so who did you look up to queer or not as you were coming up and how did you sort of like try to model yourself after after them and to your point there's always been queer artists but it's about Mm -hmm. whether they're accepted in the mainstream and whether they're charting in the top 10 you know and like that's that's been the growth I loved and love Gwen Stefani like she was like my idol in like during this like you know really pivotal time in my life in middle school where I was basically trying to decide you know what I wanted to do with my career and also still being in the closet and but I you know she had lamb and she came out and had all these brands and really like took being a musician and an artist to a whole nother level for me. And she was always like left of center. Like she was quirky and kind of punk and her hair was kind of different. And, you know, I really related to that. And so for me, 
she was a massive inspiration because she was able to take herself into a more mainstream role. And for me, I've always, (laughs) it's so funny because I've always been out of the box. I'll always be different. And I've always just wanted to be mainstream and like everyone else. Like that has just been my goal. (laughs) And like, weirdly, I'm trying to be myself and not, you know, sacrifice that while also making that become mainstream. And that's the fight, right? That's the Mm -hmm. push and pull scenario. I love Tegan and Sarah as far as like queer Mm -hmm. artists. I felt like they were like the most mainstream in my mind at that Mm -hmm. time for my age. And so they were and are icons to me. But I've I've always really loved intelligent women. Like I've, Mm -hmm. I mean, I look up to like Natalie Portman who, you know, went to, I think she went to Harvard, like after she, you know, like I just love people that love to grow and learn because that's something that I really love to do as well. Yeah, yeah. Same. I have also always been obsessed with Gwen and Tegan and Sarah. So it's, yeah. it's I see a little bit of Gwen in you. We're so basically the same. We yeah, are exactly. the same. <laughs> <laughs> I see it. <laughs> Gwen Stefani, huh? I knew it. I knew I knew she was a Gwen girl. Yeah. A Gwen girl can spot another Gwen girl. <laughs> One time I was interviewing Shirley Manson. And she said something about Gwen. And I was like, oh, I love her. And she was like, I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I think they're buds. Yeah. Yeah. They're friends. I thought, yeah. Ugh. That was great. It was, it's so cool that, not that I had any doubts, but you know, you know what it's like interviewing talent. You, you, like, you never quite know what I know. you're going to get. I hate doing celebrity interviews. I I get so nervous. <laughs> I love that she knew that fragrance in and out. And mm-hmm. I really like that. I mean, I love the story about the dream and how it turned the component red. And it really feels like a lot of her identity as a person and as an artist comes through in Hugh. I think it's really exciting. Yeah, I love anything that kind of melds music with fragrance and scent just because it just makes so much sense to me, like sensorially and just like with expression. I'm like, more people should do this, please. So I'm always happy to see it. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I feel like we are in this like new generation of celebrity branding in that it's not the, you know, JLo, Brittany, Mariah sense. Mm, It's very personal. 10, 15 years ago. It it can be more personal. And also, I mean, I guess on the other side of the coin, the barrier of entry for an artist to create any sort of brand in the beauty space is so much lower Mm. that it's like, it can go either way, but this one seems to really like have a place in her career and brand and life. So that's cool. I mean, I, there are certainly brands that you and I have talked about, maybe not so much in fragrance, but that are coming out that are like, Oh, this was a white label brand. They just plucked a celebrity out and, you know, added to. I feel like with social media now, because everyone is so hyper-focused on authenticity and everybody wants a piece of your life that if you're going to make a product or a brand, like you have to be personal with it and you have to be, it has to actually represent you. You can't just sell people shit with your name on it anymore because people will sniff right through that. But don't you find also though, that that can also go the other way that because people are so focused on authenticity that to sell 
a brand that is essentially another brand that they are then feigning the sense of authenticity in it that it's like i know that's not why you made this brand that makes no goddamn sense i mean yeah absolutely but also especially in the world of celebrity and fame and influencing or anything in the entertainment industry like people don't make the kind of money they used to make in their industries anymore, which is why they have to do these other kind of deals. Not yeah. saying at all that that's what Haley's doing, no, but no, in no. general with celebrity that I think like I'm thinking of immediately like K drama actors and K pop stars. Mm -hmm. They always have sponsorship deals with brands because that's how they make money because they don't get paid as much from the record companies or from the the film studios so if they want to they have to leverage their fame to like make the type of living that actors and musicians big ones would have made maybe like two decades ago and i'm not trying to stop anyone's bag like don't get me wrong but oh, yeah. it's like i think it's also okay just to say like i i made a makeup brand because i wanted to you know what i mean anyway, <laughs> having her walk us through sort of like her story and how it sort of ended up with you or in yeah. you rather, I think is fascinating. I mm -hmm. love that she talked about how herbal essences were like the smell yes. of girls in high school, because I feel like yes. we all had that. Like, it's Absolutely. like, I don't, I don't know exactly how old she is off the top Duh. of my head, but like, I do because she said that it's like, yep. yes, same. Yep. Um, like we are, it's like the smell of accent boys to me. It's like, yep. I know exactly <laughs> like, Herbalescence smells like girls and Axe smells like boys. <laughs> no, it's nice. It's nice when there is sort of like a, a bigger reason behind what people are doing, especially when it's fragrance. Well, fragrance is like the one thing that you can get really personal with. Like when you're saying to someone like, oh, why did you create this skincare brand, this makeup brand? They're like, oh, well, I suffered from acne or like, oh, I couldn't find any colors that match me. Then it's like a very functional reason. But with fragrance, it's just like, this is a part of me. And what I love and what I'm about. So to me, I'm like, mm -hmm. fragrance is like way, way more personal. You get so much more out of a celebrity fragrance than you get from a celebrity, I don't know, TK makeup skincare brand. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Also, like one of the first things she said was, you know, like fragrance has so much to do with memory and emotion. Yeah. I was like, oh, she gets it, gets it. Yeah. Okay. It was so exciting. I want more celebrities on the show. Please hit us up, celebrities. Dolly Parton next, baby. Dolly, baby. Oh, did I tell you? I did I tell you I smelled her fragrance? I'm not going to go into it. We'll get into that in a future episode. Yes, that'll be next. Mm -hmm. So that was our episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And whether you did or did not, please leave five stars. Please leave us five stars. That's all we ask. It's a very light lift on your end. There are five stars of praise or there are five stars of not enjoying it. But either way, it's five is the number. Either way, leave us five stars. It's yes. all the same. <laughs> <laughs> follow us on Instagram at smellulator.np3. Uh, follow me at tinyandbuck. And I'm at Sabletoothtikra. And until next time, we will smell you later. Smell you later. Smell you later.